0: Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Millbank Podcast Studio, in Millbank, South Dakota. Pastor Dave, can you believe March is already wrapping up? No, it's hard to believe. I can't believe we're already there. <laughs> Easter is just around the corner. That's crazy. It's, it's flying by. It's, it, it's nuts. Um, that being said, we're still we're only four weeks into this uh, this James journey. <laughs> Where are we going today?
1: Well, today we're going to be uh, exploring the importance of not only hearing the word, but doing the word. Uh, And uh, I've looked forward to sharing this one. Excellent.
0: Well, let's jump right in. Well,
1: I can't wait to jump in. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, just in summary, the book of James is a letter that was written to the early church that had been scattered abroad. Uh, because of the persecution of the church in Jerusalem, James, as their pastor, uh, wanted to encourage them in some of the circumstances mm-hmm. they found themselves in, uh, and and I hope that these devotional studies have been helpful to the listener as we've as we've opened up this epistle. As I stated in that introductory podcast several weeks ago, <laughs> uh, in fact, it was five weeks ago now. Uh, the epistle James is called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And as James communicated the practical application of faith to the early church, I think that he was also, by extension, ministering to us uh, in today's church. Uh, I like these instructions that are contained in the passage that we're looking at today. I think that they are especially timely for us uh as we make application of these truths today. Mm -hmm. Let me read the the text today, if I may. Uh, It's taken from chapter 1. and In fact, it's uh, verses 19 through 27. It's the remainder of the chapter. James, speaking to his brethren who are scattered abroad, said, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now, this passage is not a new truth that James was teaching. Rather, it was a reminder of a known truth, a truth we also know, but a truth that's often difficult to apply to our lives. We must be more than those who simply hear the word, but we need to be practitioners of the word. Good communication is essential to good relationships. This is true of relationships in the community, it's true of relationships in the family, and it's true of relationships in the church. One of the biggest hindrances to good communication is the neglect of the first principle James states in verse 19: everyone must be quick to hear. Hmm. If I could just ask the listener to think about how many times in your life, the failure to hear what has been said has led to conflict in your life i i just have to share with you uh, a story that is is true it it happened to me personally uh in in an earlier uh one of my uh, podcasts here i I talked about uh, the importance of recognizing people who are influencers in the community and in the congregation. And I had such a gentleman in one of the churches that I pastor. Now, this gentleman was in a leadership role in the church, and he took it upon himself to be my antagonist. Uh, it didn't matter what I said, he would take the contrary position. If we were in a a uh, elders meeting and uh, I proposed something, he would argue against it. Uh, but then what he would do is he would come back a month later and at the point of the meeting where I had asked for new business, uh, he would say, I, I, I would like to revisit that point that uh, Pastor brought up last week or last month. He says, after careful consideration, I, I think he's right. And I, I mean, I, I started to see a pattern in what this guy was doing because he, he opposed my leadership in mm-hmm. every possible way. And so I, I went to him one day and I, I said to him, why are you doing this? And he looked at me and with a uh well i would i i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say with an evil smile on his face he said to me he says <laughs> i want you to work for everything you want as a pastor mm. uh he was just a thorn in the flesh uh with with that well needless to say we In our relationship, there was an ebb and flow. Uh, There were times when I was his best buddy, and then there were uh, times when I was apparently public enemy number one in his mind. And uh, it just depended on what was going on in his life, on uh, where we were at. It was during one of these episodes of uh, or periods of opposition that... uh, he and I were attending a Valentine's banquet that uh, the church had, had put on. We had rented a, a beautiful facility and uh, uh, had it catered, and, and it was a lovely prime rib meal, and uh, we did it up well. Uh, we had uh, good entertainment for the evening, and, and uh, one of my colleagues came in, and, and just interestingly enough, spoke on the importance of hearing well in relationship and addressing uh, some of the uh, the, <laughs> the conflict that comes in marriage because of what uh, he called deformed ears, right. uh, because we don't hear properly uh, or we don't hear what was said. Well, as it happened, my antagonist and I happened to go up to the dessert table at the same time. And and just out of uh, politeness, I, I asked him how he, how he was doing. And, Craig, I was shocked by his response because he looked me square in the face and he says, I would feel a lot better if I could belch you. What? <laughs> Weird. He said, I would feel a lot better if I could belt you. And I thought, what? What did I do this time? You know, why is this guy doing this? You know, does he have a burr under his saddle? You know, does he have his knickers in a twist? Or, or, you know, what is his problem? And I went back and I sat there through the rest of uh, the time and, uh, I could just barely contain my anger and uh it just began to fester and brew you know now last week I talked about the importance of uh, uh guarding against temptation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know that uh, it it is the result of lust that conceives <laughs> mm-hmm. in our mind well I'm going to admit that that, that evening as I sat there uh, I began to have thoughts. They, they weren't <laughs> lustful thoughts, but I, I sat there and the matter I got, I thought, okay, if you think you're going to feel better by belting me, as soon as this banquet is over, I'm going to call him out. I don't care if I am give the you pastor. The chance. <laughs> I'm going to invite him out behind the building, and I'm going to tell him to take his best shot. And I know that it's going to be a bloodletting, and it's going to be his blood that is let. And and I mean, I was steaming at the audacity of him to to say I would feel a lot better mm-hmm. if I could belch, and so. I <laughs> I began to <laughs> fantasize on oh, how man. good it was going to feel to give him a beat down and uh, by the time the banquet was over I was ready to go and as soon as the the uh the master of ceremonies uh, dismissed the the proceedings I pushed through the crowd to this man and I said to him what exactly do you mean you would feel better if you could belt me And he looked at me with bewilderment on his face, and he says, I didn't say I would feel better if I could belch you. I said I would feel better if I could (laughs) belch. Well, needless to say, I was thoroughly embarrassed beyond words at my misunderstanding and what had been said, as well as as my angry response. Now... I'm not the only one who has done something that ridiculously, uh, well, I'm just going to call it for what it is, stupid. stupid. (laughs) I'm not the only one. We've all found ourselves in situations where we misheard Mm -hmm. uh, or we allowed what we perceive to be the circumstance to become the filter through which we filtered a comment Mm -hmm. and we took it out of context or we twisted it through uh, our circumstance and and our viewpoint. And so James says it's imperative in our relationships, and I'm going to broaden this beyond the church. Certainly this is applicable to the church, and and we know churches have gone through horrible times Mm -hmm. because of misunderstanding. But uh, let's also apply these principles to society, uh, our dealings with our neighbors. Uh, how, many, how many neighborhoods have been torn up by yeah. uh, the lack of understanding, uh, clear communication? Uh, someone said to me uh, some time ago that uh, there are two things that are essential to having good neighbors. Uh, one is good communication and the other is good fences. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: sometimes they're the same thing. <laughs> and sometimes they
1: are the same thing. Uh, but uh, let's, <laughs> let's look here and see what, what the, uh, we, we can find here. James says first, be quick to hear. Mm-hmm. And here is where the breakdown often takes place. We need to listen not only with our ears, but we li- need to listen with our heart And we need to listen with our spirit. Mm. You know, one of the things I appreciate about my wife is is she has such a discerning spirit and she and I can talk to someone and we can come away and I come away and I'm thinking everything is fine. And she's saying something's wrong there and here's Mm -hmm. what it is. And I'm thinking we heard the same words. (laughs) We were part of the same conversation. How did you get that? Yeah. She was quick to hear, Mm -hmm. not only with the ear, but with the the heart and the spirit. Secondly, James says, be slow to speak. You know what? There's so much practical truth in that statement itself. Focus on what is being said rather than uh, on what you're going to say next. And too often what we do in, in conversation And where the conversation breaks down is the other person is making a point and we check out and in our mind we are formulating a Mm -hmm. response to something that was previously said. And we're missing out on what is being said there. Listen with intentionality Mm -hmm. to what is being said. One of the things I often would encourage couples to do when I did marriage counseling is, uh, when they were talking to each other and when there was a breakdown in communication, I would encourage them to repeat back, did I understand you to say, Mm -hmm. and, and then to repeat it back. Uh, and it's amazing how often we're not hearing, (laughs) right. (laughs) And it's not just a male thing, by the way. (laughs) Uh, but, but that clarification (laughs) be slow to speak, Take the time to hear clearly, Mm -hmm. clarify, qualify, quantify if necessary, and then speak. Once you begin to formulate your response, the fact is you stop listening to what is being said. And so James is right on when he says, be slow to speak. But then here's where the rubber really hits the road. We live in an angry society. Hmm. The fact of the matter is people walk around angry all day long and it manifests itself very quickly when they find themselves in pressure yeah. or when they find themselves inconvenienced or delayed or when things just don't go their way.
0: Well, you kind of referenced that a couple of weeks ago with the, the, the car driver. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and this is... This is the result mm-hmm. of, of just having anger. Yep. You know, w- we may not be at a full boil, but we are simmering mm-hmm. so often, you know, and it's just ready to broke, break into a rolling boil if we allow it. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Yeah. And and James says, be slow to anger. You know, too often the anger angry reply is, is a reaction instead of a response mm-hmm. to what is being said or what is being done. In verse 20, James declares that an angry man does not achieve the righteousness of God. You know, that just just resonates with me. Uh, I tend to be kind of uh, an even keel emotional person. My, my highs aren't very high and my lows aren't very low. Uh, and as I deal with people, and I've dealt with people in very stressful situations. Uh, In my uh, former job, uh, when I was uh, working, uh, supporting a a company's website and Mm. helping customers navigate the site, uh, so many (laughs) of them would just, you know, they would come unhinged uh, from the get-go. And one of the things I tried to do was just to calm them down and, and to... Uh, bring a a little bit of uh, calmness to the circumstance and and situation. And so many of my colleagues, after I would conclude one of those difficult calls, would say, how do you do that? You just (laughs) never let it get to you. Well, the fact of the matter is, in the course of my career, I have never yelled somebody into the kingdom of God. (laughs) I have never scream so loud that they wanted to uh, ask Jesus to be their savior. Uh, In fact, I don't know anybody who has ever done that. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not an angry uh, diatribe that that brings us Mm -hmm. uh, to a loving savior. And so I always remember this. And when James says that uh, anger does not achieve the righteousness of God, I think, you know what? I've never been able to find that line that that Paul talked about, be angry and sin not, because once I get angry, I just it's go over. right. Yeah, uh, I've gone over Niagara Falls without the barrel, you know, uh, right. I, I'm in with both feet. Uh, and so uh, it's better to bring the quietness mm-hmm. and the calm. And believe me, the spirit gives us that. I was an angry person uh as a kid growing up, I, I had a violent temper, very volatile, uh, even as a, a young man, uh, before I, I came to Christ, uh, I had a chip on my shoulder and I was ready to, uh, to talk about it with anybody <laughs> who, who wanted to talk yeah. about it, you know, uh, and that's so unproductive. And so we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak And slow to anger. But James goes on and says that the believer is to put off all filthiness and wickedness and in humility receive the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. You know what? There's a transformation that comes when we are in Christ. Mm. Paul said that if anyone is in Christ the old has passed away. All things have become new, and if we want to hang on to the old, then it's going to drag us down. We need mm-hmm. to understand that. James says, "Put it off." Yeah, you know, like an old, soiled garment. You know, in fact, uh, I have, I have a work coverall that I wear when I'm going to do something that's dirty, you know. I don't know the last time I washed it because, <laughs> you know, it's just going to get dirty again and <laughs> and grease isn't going to come out. Mm-hmm. And and I keep it. and And when I look at it, I think of what my life used to be.
0: Mm.
1: I put that off, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't go back and put it on and wear it every day. Uh, But I put that off because it doesn't serve the purpose in the life that I live today. We need to put it off because it's not going to result in the salvation of our souls. What's going to save our souls is the implanted word. Mm. And he admonishes, James admonishes the early believer not just to hear the word, but to put the word to practice as well. Because it's the demonstration of the authenticity of faith which has been professed. Hmm. Uh, You know, the Apostle Paul says that we are saved by faith alone. And some theologians feel that there's a a conflict between what James is saying here, uh, that faith and works go hand in hand, where Paul says it's not by works, but Mm -hmm. it's by faith. Works by themselves will not save us. They can't. Uh, In fact, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, for by grace are you saved, and that by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Mm -hmm. God has given us that, the, the measure of faith that results in salvation. But James says that you profess faith, walk that faith out. Yeah. You know, in other words, you know, just to put it as plain as I can, walk your talk. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that talk a good talk, you know. Uh, they'll they'll tell you how much Jesus means to them and how much they love Jesus. And, and then they'll turn around in the next uh, breath and they'll... Uh, Take advantage of you in a business deal, you know, and and they the, they're crooks. Yeah, and there's there's no there's no compatibility between what they are professing and what they're they are saying. And so James admonishes us, as he admonished the early church, to demonstrate the authenticity of our faith by the life that we live. Mm. Uh, and this is this is a call. To establish the word in your heart and in your life. To be a hearer, but then to do it. Uh, I had a professor in college who says, you know, there are a lot of people that have a head knowledge Mm -hmm. of the scripture, but they don't have a hard application of it. And he's saying the same thing here as James. Now, here's here's an interesting thing that I came across, and I'm going to conclude with this today, Craig. Uh, studies have demonstrated or have, excuse me, studies have been done regarding teaching and retention rates. One of the uh, groups that did it was uh, uh, developed what is called the Learning Pyramid. It was created by the National Training Laboratories and it examined sem- seven common methods of teaching and it found the following. It found that if you hear a lecture, mm-hmm. or in other words, if you just listen to what I'm saying in this podcast, <laughs> you're going to retain about five percent of it. If you hear and read, and by the way, the notes are published on the right. the, the website. You can hear and with read. the show. Yes, <laughs> uh, you can. You can retain about ten percent hmm. of what I've shared here. Uh, if there is audiovisual tools, or if there are audiovisual tools, uh, and it is taught audiovisually, mm-hmm. the retention rate goes up to a twenty percent. If it's demonstrated, an actual demonstration of the lesson or the principle, thirty percent retention. If there's give and take, if there's discussion uh, about it, retention goes up to fifty percent. If the listener has opportunity to practice doing it, in other words, hear it Mm -hmm. and do it, the retention rate goes up to 75%. And if they then take it to the next level, if they actually teach others the same principle, the retention rate is 90%. -hmm. And so what James is essentially saying here is, help yourself. Yeah, Remember these principles by practicing them, by doing them. And once you understand that these are, are proven principles, these things are going to work in your life. If you rejoice in the face of trials, if you uh, ask God for wisdom, if you uh, look at the uh, individual who is a a, a poor individual mm-hmm. uh, versus the the rich individual and understand that God loves both of them and his graces is, is working in them but they they are on the same par with him <laughs> if you understand uh that trials are going to come your way uh but God is faithful in that trial. God isn't giving you the test it's trial. Right. He's going to bring you through it. If you put these things to practice, if you take it the next step further and teach them, then you are going to retain much more. Quite simply, applying the learning pr- pyramid to what James is teaching to the truth is a powerful truth for us. We must guard against being a spectator people, a spectator church. We must be doers and teachers of the Word of God. And then finally, James closes out chapter 1 with an instruction for practical, practical application. He says, watch what you say. You can't talk your way into the kingdom of God. Rather, walk your talk.
0: Mm. That is good. Well, that was a wrap of chapter one in our journey through James on devotional thoughts. <clears throat> um, I encourage you to, as we move on into April, which is just still mind-blowing. Easter's around the corner. Um, continue to dig into this. And let, let's, uh, I mean, if you need to go back and re-listen to some, it's, you can get your notes out, apply some of these principles of uh, doing, hearing, and doing so you're not just a bump on a log. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Dave, for giving us more insight into this, and we will look forward to next week where we continue on into Chapter 2. Thank you, James. Craig. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This is Devotional Thoughts. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. See, have a good day.